I was thinking about doing some gambling myself. You know, just a little bit of money. Maybe doubling it and doubling it several more times. I don't know. Kind of just for fun. I was thinking, do you have any tips or ideas about sure things? Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of By the Hook. Colby Powell and Andrew Gilman, glad to be back with you this week. We have wound down some sports. NBA is over. L.A. is the champ. The MLB is over. L.A. is the champ. So we're going to be giving you NFL, college football, might even sprinkle in just a little bit of politics at the end, some sort of crazy opinion show, just some fun with the odds. Andrew, good to have you back this week. Well, thanks for having me back, Colby. It's been a... Nobody's betting on pickleball, best as I can tell, but it, it, it's coming. It's going to be in the Olympics, soon or not. That's my guess. Oh, it would be a great Olympic sport. Pickleball? It, a phenomenal Olympic sport. Easy to watch on TV, fast-paced, games go quick. That's all anyone wants anyway. And plus, you know, you get all the feel-good stories about all the players, too. So yeah, fun. in on all of that. So uh, let's, let's dive into the NFL. we got the Thursday night game getting underway tomorrow, and it's actually a pretty decent Thursday night game. I know Atlanta doesn't have a good record, but a lot of people play fantasy football. They've got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, bunch of guys, and then Carolina's on the other side. We still don't know whether McCaffrey is going to play. We're, we're still trying to figure out what his status is going to be tomorrow night, but I'm showing Carolina as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on Thursday night. So if you want Carolina, you don't even have to buy the hook. If you want Atlanta, it might be worth it sitting there at two-and-a-half. Yeah, I don't love either side in this game. Um, it's Thursday, though, so that means we've got to play the games that are on the board, right? I mean, there's almost no way you can avoid that. The money's pretty much split, 55-45. The bets, however, are on the Panthers. And I think the reason for that is because, you know, what we saw last week, Teddy Bridgewater's a nice quarterback. I, I sort of like him as an underdog better than as a favorite, though. And, and I don't really have a real good reason for that. But I'm not all in on Atlanta at this point. In fact, I don't know what they're going to give you. A week after the coach got fired, I love betting on that team. After that, I find Atlanta to be a team you can't really count on. Uh, yeah, you definitely can't count on Atlanta. I know you dipped your toe in that water quite a bit uh, yes. earlier in the yes. season. and Yes. I'm a little gun sh- Let's just put it this way, Colby. It's, it's going to be Panthers, and I don't like them very much at minus two and a half or it's going to be a no play because I'm scared of the Falcons. I'll just admit it. I'm yeah. scared of the Falcons. They admit ways to lose now. They've been a little bit better since they got the new coach. But, again, inventing ways to lose. Last week, Todd Gurley tries to go down at the one to, so that right. they can win the game, and he trips and stumbles across the goal line, ends up scoring, and then Detroit goes and wins it on the other end because Todd Gurley couldn't stop himself short of getting into the end zone. Good for fantasy footballers, bad for Falcons fans. So that's Two teams that tried to fall at the one and both ended up losing. The Penn State running back realized the yep. same thing. He went into the end zone. Guess what happens? They lose in overtime. But yeah. you, you, you got to put that. It's sort of baffling. You might see that once in a decade, and we saw it twice in a weekend. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Texas Tech should have done it again earlier this year. If you can win the game by not scoring, just don't score. It's not that hard. Just sure. don't score. That, that, that's what happens in basketball all the time. Teams will take a shot clock violation, or they'll they'll just dribble it out. They're not trying to score; they're trying to play the clock. It doesn't happen as much in football. Clock management in football is completely underrated. And I'll tell you what, I don't do it anymore. But there was a time in the mid '90s where I felt like I was as good as a 
clock management expert as anyone in the NFL. And you know why, Colby? Why because I played Madden all day, oh, every day. Yeah. I just played in college. We played it all the time, and it's not as advanced as it is now. It's, it's too difficult to play now. I mean, there's too many buttons and too many – you know, I sound like an old guy. But I, I felt like I knew when to call a timeout. I felt like I knew when to spike the ball. I felt like I knew when to kick a field goal. And it doesn't feel like to me that coaches have evolved since then. But that just may be me. Yeah, I would agree with you. So let's move on to Sunday. Uh, we've got quite a few division games this week and some yep. of the good ones at noon. Yep. We've got Vikings and Packers. Now, I'm a big Packers guy. I, I think the Vikings are uh, a major pretender, and Kirk Cousins is very average. Very, I mean, the definition yep. of average. Yep. The, line no, no is, the line on this game is seven, though. For a divisional yep. game, is that is that too much for you to lay in a division game? This is the squarest of all square plays taking the Packers here, Colby. I know it is, and just like it was last week, you know when they laid was it three and a half on the road at Houston, it didn't seem right, did it? Uh, Packers were an easy winner last week. I, I'm going to hold my nose here, and I'm going to go fade the public because 95% of the bets, 82 percent, or excuse me, 62 percent of the money, all on the Packers. I think this is it for the Vikings. Give me seven points in the Vikings here. It's a pro, I would consider this a pro side sharp play because the Packers are 15 points better than the Vikings. And to me, if the Vikings lose this game, their season is pretty much over. I'm not saying that they're going places this year. Uh, I am saying that their defense lost a bunch of guys from last year, and they were pretty darn good last year. It's going to take some time for them to figure it out. If they win this game, they've got a chance still. So I'm going to take the Vikings back up against the wall. Give me all seven points. Uh, I think it's a, it's a sharp play here. Oddly, we're both on the same side of that one. I think in a division game um, where yep. Green Bay should go out yep. and win something like 34-17, to 17, I, I feel mm-hmm. like Green Bay wins the game, but it's got just some sort of like weird 26-20 to 20 yep. type feel to it. Yep. And yep. I, I don't know. it. It's begging you to bet Green Bay, and for that yep. reason, I think I'll, I'll stick with you and stay on the other side. Uh, now, here's a game where the hook could come into play. New England and okay. Buffalo. New England has been reeling no. offensively no. as, as no. bad as they have no. in two decades. Nothing what? Else. what? Say nothing else. I'm not betting the Patriots anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done on the Patriots. I loved them last week. I loved them last week. I'm glad we weren't on. I'm glad we didn't have a podcast. I'm glad you can't play it back for me because – I was all over the Patriots playing the two against the 49ers. That game was over before kickoff. Five more touchdowns and they would have covered. Maybe. And they still would. Cam Newton, I don't know if he's playing on paper mache knees. I don't know if he cares. I don't know what he's doing. But I think we're starting to see the effects of running the ball as a quarterback. And you just can't – you just have a short lifespan. And I think Cam is done. I'm not saying that the Patriots aren't a good play here at plus three. In fact, I sort of think they are because I don't think the Bills really score that well. But, man, it would take something special for me to bet the Patriots in this one. Yeah, I'm looking at a three and a half, so that makes it just a little dicier for me on betting the Bills. Give me the Patriots plus the three and a half. It's probably a bad bet. I'll probably regret it, and you can make fun of me next week. But whenever things are always at the worst with Belichick, that's when you should bet the Patriots. And, and I know that it's different. Brady's not there anymore, and that's what we've been looking at for two decades. But even Cam came out last week with some self-awareness and said, look, I understand why I was benched. I was bad. That You get benched when you're bad. I'm going to lose my job if I don't play better. I think that they're 
I think it's been a huge wake-up call the past couple weeks in New England that, hey, Tom isn't here anymore. We better buckle up and get after it. So give me the Patriots plus the three and a half in what I think will be a close divisional matchup. Uh, what about your Cleveland Browns, Andrew? Yeah. Baker Mayfield? No he, he, this season, has two of the top five individual game total QBR performances in the NFL. They're both against Cincinnati, but the games against Cincinnati still count. They've got the Raiders in town yeah, this week, and Cleveland's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Seems like a fishy number to me. Uh, the Raiders, uh, not good last week. Do we even know how many offensive linemen they have that are healthy? I mean, they were all, like, left the team and then came back, like, with a day to practice or the day of the game. That was a weird uh, situation for them last week. Meanwhile, you know, uh, Baker, if I was on the Browns last week, by the way, at uh, minus three. Missed and extra that's pretty glucky. I did buy the hook on that one, and I did get a break on that one because uh, I got a push because uh, Cody Parkey, another missed extra point. Uh, and uh, let me tell you, that was a bummer because Baker Mayfield brought him all the way back in the last 30 seconds here. Uh, I think you're seeing a, a, what, here's a weird number on this 75% of the money is on the Raiders, 61% of the bets are on the Raiders. Cleveland is a, essentially a fade the public team here. Can the Raiders stop the run? And, and, and I guess that's the first question you always ask when you're, when you're facing the Browns is because they're better off when they hand the ball off. Although Baker Mayfield is was impressive last week. I think this is a Browns play for me. I think this is a Browns at minus three, two and a half, whatever the number is. I hate to bet them over and over, but I think this is the play here. I'm not a Raiders believer at all. Yeah, I here's the problem with me on this game. It's a no play for this reason. I know what the Browns are against the best teams in the NFL. Against the best teams yep. in the NFL, they get run off the field. I know what the Browns are against the worst teams in the NFL. They beat up on those teams. Yep. They're really good against those yep. teams. What about a team that's just kind of average? They're just kind of so-so. They show up, yeah. few good players and not-so-good players. Yep. I, yep. I mean, these are two very similar teams to me, and I just – this is a no-play. I'm staying away because I, I don't know how to predict the Browns against a team that I think is pretty close to them. Now, here's a line that's my favorite of the week. Yep. Not because okay. I want to bet it, just because we have nearly a three-touchdown spread in the NFL, which is nearly unheard of. 19-and-a-half you have to lay yep. with Kansas City yep. at home hosting the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't – I think the Cowboys – got to look this up somewhere, but I, I think the Cowboys are the only team not to cover any games this year. I think the Jets have, uh, but I'm not sure. Jets covered last week, lost by eight to Buffalo, and they were nine or ten-point dogs, yeah. I think. Yeah, okay, there you go. You know – everything tells you you don't take the Chiefs here. You just don't do it. I mean, laying nearly three touchdowns, I'm seeing it open at 21. What are you looking at now? 19 and a half, 20, Nin somewhere 19 in there? 19 and a half is what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at too. Everything tells you not to take the, the Chiefs here. It doesn't make any sense why you do it. But the Jets can't score. And the, they're not going to and, – and, and the Chiefs can. Buffalo should have killed the Jets last week. They kept on kicking field goals. Well, they kicked six field goals and they scored 18? Yeah, they got a lot of penalties in the red zone. I mean, they were moving the ball, getting in the fine. red zone, holding, 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 face fine, mask, fine. whatever. Well, the, the Chiefs, to my point, the Chiefs aren't going to do that. Right. They're going to get in the red zone and they're going to score touchdowns. And then they're going to get back in the red zone and score a couple more touchdowns. I would lay the 19 and a half here. I really would. If I was going to play this one, I would lay this. This is not my favorite bet of the week. But I would, I would almost go against the trend in the NFL, which is a double-digit dog. You always take them, especially this high. 
but I could easily see the Chiefs winning this game 35-7. This Something is a Chiefs minus 19.5 play. I would almost never advise laying 19.5 in the NFL, but not right. only are the Chiefs going to do what you said on offense to score touchdowns, they're also going to force turnovers. They're going to, I mean, it, it's going to yep. be an absolute disaster for the Jets. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game going away. Go, I mean, you said 35-7. I think that this could be a 45-10 type game somewhere okay. in that neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. is um, I can't believe Adam Gates still has a job. Is Sam Darnold going to be quarterbacking this week? I know he came back last week, but there's no reason to think he wouldn't this week, is there? Oh, I have no idea if he's going to play. It doesn't even matter it, for me. It doesn't matter to you. Okay. No. Okay. doesn't matter well, for me. They're, they're not covering 19 and a half either way, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. By the way, Adam Gase still having a job? Sounds about white for the NFL. Sounds about white. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. That's a good point. By the way, speaking of great divisional games, we've got one of the best rivalries in all of the NFL kicking at noon yep. on Sunday. And shame, 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 shame on the NFL for not yep. flexing Raven Steelers to Sunday night football. The Cowboys yep. and the Eagles are playing Sunday night Boom. football. It's going to be a disaster. The- yeah. Why? What's the reason for that? Why wouldn't they do that? This is the best game of the week by far. No idea. I guess they're thinking maybe the Dallas market, but I'm just letting you know, I've been a Dallas Cowboys fan my entire life. I still am to this day. I'm not watching that game Sunday night. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I also value my time. No, I didn't watch last week. I didn't watch the week before. As soon as Dak went down, I told my wife, I hope they lose every game the rest of the season. They get a high draft pick and and trade Amari Cooper and try to build a little bit. They already traded Everson Griffin. I'm not watching that game. Sunday night. I, I think it's a, a terrible move, but that's beside the point. We're, we're trying to give the lines here. Steelers-Ravens. Four is the number. Ravens are four-point yep. favorites this week yep. coming off a bye. Pittsburgh yep. held on to its lead just barely against Tennessee. Yep. Who do you like in what really for the last couple decades has been the best rivalry in the NFL? They seems like they play great games every time. Always cold weather games at the end of the season. Too. Since, I love since 1999, they're 23 and 23 against each other. How about that? How about that? That's that's impressive. Uh, and a lot of playoff games in there. I mean, a lot of playoff teams in the last 20 years. The Super Bowl winners on both sides of that, too. This is my favorite bet of the week. I love this game. I, I, I think this is a great game. you got the Steelers that are undefeated. Everyone knows they're undefeated. I think they come out sleepy in this one. I know it's a big-time rivalry. Ravens off of a bye. I think this is a letdown spot for the Steelers. I think it's just a spot situation. I'm not going to be able to break down which defense is going to be better or which offense is going to run what play. But I think this is a spot play. Give me the three and a half. I'll lay the four. I love the Ravens here. 20% of the money is on the Ravens. 80 on the Steelers. 62% of the bets are on the Steelers. So I'm going anti-public, anti-percentage of bets. I love the Ravens here to win this game by 7 to 10 points. Pittsburgh is an undefeated NFL team halfway through the season yep. that just yep. beat an undefeated NFL team, yep. and they're four-point dogs. You, you right. know what that tells me? It tells me to lay the four. Lay, yep. lay the four it's, and trust that Vegas knows what it's doing. Right, because if you're just saying what you said out loud, this game should be a pick or a one. Maybe the Steelers are a one-point dog, maybe, but four seems too high, doesn't it? It almost seems too high. When the number seems too high or too low, go in that direction. Yep, I agree. 20, when it's 19 and a half for the Chiefs, that seems way too high. It seems too good to be true. Go in that direction. I think that's the play here. Last one in the NFL. We've got one more good game. I'm not worried about the chump change. Uh, and then we'll move on to okay. college. We've got the 49ers at the Seahawks. 
two weeks ago, I would have told you Seattle will win this game by two touchdowns. Now it's a three-point line. Seattle's coming off a lost Arizona. Seattle has the 32nd-ranked defense in the NFL. Not only that, Andrew, Seattle's giving up 50 more yards per game than the 31st-ranked defense in the NFL. They went out and got Carlos Dunlap today, but he won't be eligible to play for a couple of weeks due to COVID protocols. So San Francisco is a three-point dog on the road. Give me a winner in this division matchup. I love the Seahawks here coming off of a we're really a shocking loss. They had I a do, too. We're, we're way too much in agreement today. Way too much. Yeah, yeah. we better parlay this stuff together then and make a, make a mint. Uh, I, I like Russell Wilson the same way as I sort of like Teddy Bridgewater. When he's an underdog, I love Russell Wilson. But I'm not sure as a favorite he's the play, although I think this is another spot spot, Colby. I mean, I think this is a spot for the Seahawks. 49ers coming off of a huge win. The public saw that. Uh the Seahawks coming off a pretty bad loss when you think about it, the way that they lost that game. I only have to lay the three here. I think they're the better team. I know you talked about the defense and everything, but give me the Seahawks laying three at home. I like that play. I like that play, too. We're in agreement. Coming off a loss. By the way, if Jimmy Garoppolo throws any picks, uh, somebody for the 49ers better turn around and block DK Metcalf, or that is not turning into a pick six. That was one of the most phenomenal things I've seen in a long time, watching a guy at 6'4", 230, Move. Yep. I mean, nearly like Usain yep. Bolt down the field. He he was chasing down another world class athlete, and it looked like that time that Marquise Brown raced a student at the spring game yep. in Norman. Right. He's just you know what's going to happen. He's going to get there, and you're like, holy shit, he is going to get there. He beat him. <laughs> and uh, DK Metcalf is my favorite NFL player. Uh, I tweeted that on I, Sunday night. He's awesome. The reason that I like him is not because he was at Ole Miss or wherever, but the clip of him at draft day when he got picked by the the, the Seahawks, I don't know if you remember this or not. I do, like he, it was he, yesterday. It was awesome. Pete Carroll called him, DK, we want you to come play for the Seahawks. Welcome to Seattle. And what did he say, Colby? What took you so long? <laughs> and he's crying. He's crying. What took you so long? And I thought from that point, I thought that that was a really genuine moment. Easy to cheer for the guy. And he made a bonehead play a couple weeks ago where he sort of uh, you know, uh, laid the ball out before he crossed the end of the end zone. But, man, he is easy to cheer for after that. And we thought we might have called the play of the year last week. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, survivor picks. Uh, I think the two obvious ones are the Chiefs and the Bucks. We didn't get too much into yep. the Bucks game. They're 10.5-point nope. favorites against the Giants. But Tampa seems to, seems to really be figuring itself out. So any other survivor plays you like or just stick to the obvious candidates this week? Uh, stick to the obvious candidates, but I'm going to give you one game that I like that I don't think a lot of people are going to be on that doesn't make any sense, and I might get a little discrepancy from you. It's the Sunday 4 o'clock or 3.30 game. Bears catching four at home against the Saints. The Saints are really good. We know that. The Bears are not. We don't quite know what the Bears are. They're the opposite of the Denny Green situation where we know who the Bears, the Bears are who we thought they were. I love the Bears coming off of a bad performance. Plus four, I think that's the play. It seems sort of squarish to go Saints here. It doesn't make sense why they'd only be a four-point favorite. They should be about a seven-point favorite, I think. So I'm going to go the other way. Give me the Bears at home. That would be my sort of upset pick of the week. I'm showing it at four and a half, and you predicted that I would uh, give you a little pushback here, and I will give you yep. absolutely no pushback. The Bears plus four that? and a half I think is a really yep. good play. You get Drew Brees in November yep. or later 
on the road, yep. in the cold, yep. outside of his dome, especially at this point in his career, whenever the arm is starting to go a little bit, I think that this yep. is going to be a low-scoring game. And I'll do you one better. The over-under in that game is 43-and-a-half, and I like the under. under. This has a 17-16 to 16 feel all over it. I'm going Bears money line on this one. I might sprinkle that in with the parlay, too. I think that the Bears are not only going to catch all four-and-a-half there, I think that they win this game. I Especially am not as brave as you. I don't have the stones to play it on the money line, but I will, I will gladly accept the four-and-a-half. Yeah, I think you do a little of both, maybe, but you got to if you play money line dog uh that's how you make up ground that's how you that's how you sort of neutralize all the juice on those on those losses so you can make up a lot of ground on a plus 4 that's, you know you're going to get plus 175 or something on that so that's not a bad turnaround yeah you're right let's uh let's move on to college football in the Big 12 we'll start in the state of Oklahoma and we'll start with the undefeated Oklahoma State Cowboys really good win against Iowa State last week didn't struggle too much we're up by 10 until a late touchdown and this week Texas comes to town uh, I do the pistols firing podcast with Carson Cunningham we recorded that on Monday and had a few thoughts about this game but before I give mine I want to know uh, I mean just how bad do you think Oklahoma State's going to beat Texas <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it seems they play some goofy games, uh, these two teams. Um, I will say that I'm not sure that Oklahoma State is truly the sixth best team in the country, but in a season where we don't really know what anyone is, why not? Why not? I, I'm not a believer in Texas. So they're going to give up a bunch of points. What line are you showing? Three? I'm looking at three and a half right now in favor of Oklahoma State. So you got to lay the hook would, with the Cowboys. I would lay the hook here. I would. I would take. The, I would take Oklahoma State in this one and hope that Gundy is aggressive early and uh, they can get in the end zone and that he can get out of his own way because this is a team over the last couple of years where they played a bunch of close games and Texas has handed them a couple of them. I threw a pick in the end zone. I remember uh, recently as well. If they don't face a fourth and two from the three yard line then Oklahoma State will win this game because they will lose if they kick field goals in this one. I'm almost sure of it. Yeah, I uh, I have a very low opinion of what Texas is capable of this year. Sam Ellinger, yep. I think, has a terrible, terrible pocket presence. He doesn't feel the pressure well. He stands perfectly still until it's time to take off running. Now, he can scramble a little bit, but he's a complete statue until he decides to go. I think this is just a matchup. You know, they say matchups make fights. I think this game's a matchup yep. nightmare for Texas. I think Trace Ford and Calvin Bundage are going to make Sam Ellinger miserable. I don't think Texas can do nearly what Iowa State could do in the run game. I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game by three touchdowns. And and I can be wrong next week, and if I'm wrong, feel free to call me a homer, and, and that's why I'm making this pick. But I'm just really down on Texas, man. I don't think they're a good football team. Yeah, uh, well, they're not. I I disagree with you a little bit on Ellinger. I think that's a guy that you want as your quarterback if you're any college team. I think he's a gamer. I think he did get it done. I just think that that the university and Tom Herman and whoever's in charge over there has failed him. They just haven't given him anything. Uh, and, and except for that brief uh, BCS win, uh, it's really hard to see um, in some ways how they haven't improved. They, they don't improve. They don't play really good um, against average to below average teams in this case though I, I do think Herman will have him ready he's really good as an underdog we know that from all the way back to Houston and even when he was at Ohio State as an assistant when they're underdogs they're really good he get he gets them fired up I just think Oklahoma State has too much here it seems like a square play though doesn't it 
A little bit, yeah. I'll, I'll be real disappointed if I'm wrong about that one. By the way, we are in living in Oklahoma. We are in the mecca of NCAA defensive football. Oklahoma State ranks first in the country in opponent third down percentage. OU ranks eighth, and Tulsa ranks ninth. So we are living wow. squarely in the middle of NCAA defense. What year is it? 1987? That's impressive. <laughs> uh, it is That's 2020, impressive. which is basically the yeah. matrix. That's exactly right. So might, might as well. By the might way, well. so Oklahoma State is three and a half. So that's kind of just on the wrong side of a key number. OU is also just on the wrong side of a key number. Sooners are 14 and a half point favorites on the road yep. at Texas Tech Saturday night. Last week, uh, you and I couldn't record last week due to some schedule conflicts. But when I was on with Carson, we do one best bet every week. And my obvious yep. winner, my lock was OU minus six and a half against TCU. It was a total. I match- took it. You took it too? Yeah, I like it. I like it laying six. TCU's not very good. No, uh, they're not. And, I, and and for the same reason that I would have likely laid the fourteen here, fourteen and a half here, even. I think that they are desperate in a way, and in a good. I make that sound like a pejorative. I mean, in a good way, they want Spencer Rattler to be the next guy at OU, and and he very well may be. I, there's no reason to think he won't. Just a freshman. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to showcase himself. Uh, Mims is really good also. This is a great combination. They've got other receivers uh, that are impressive. I think that the tight end play is good. I think that they want to showcase this passing game even more. I, I think they're going to let him loose. I think OU's going to score 40. Uh, yeah, I think OU will score at least 40. I think Texas Tech is a little more bad Texas Tech than good Texas Tech. They kind of give you both, yep. both ends of the spectrum, yep. but I, I think yep. that they're pretty bad. So I would lay the 14 and a half. I, I mean, we're on oh, the no. wrong side of the hook with OU and OSU, and we're still willing yep. to lay the points. I, I yep. think that says something about the opponents to me. I just I don't think Texas or Texas Tech's very good. Here's what I would do with OU, because what we've seen all year at this point, uh, better first half on OU, they're always out to a lead. Uh, we just didn't see them give up that lead last week against TCU. I would also look for uh, Texas Tech to score first in this game. And if you can grab Oklahoma live at minus 10, or minus seven, or minus eight and a half, somewhere in there. If OU gets behind ten to three, uh, I think that's the time to do it because they are ultimately the better team than Texas Tech. I think they'll come out ahead. Uh, but if you can get them live and get that number sort of knocked down a little bit, it might be worth it. Yeah, let me uh, let me give you one of my favorite plays of the week, and it's in Morgantown, West Virginia. Kansas State, undefeated, already holds wins against Oklahoma on the road at TCU. Of course, last week they beat up on Kansas, but Kansas isn't isn't really real. Um, right. Kansas State's catching three and a half as an undefeated leader in the Big 12 Conference at a West Virginia team that's really not supposed to be that good. And for all of right. those reasons, I will happily lay the three and a half with West Virginia because this game, more than any other game in college or pro football this week is begging you to put your money on one side and that's with K-State and I will happily lay the three and a half with West Virginia. It doesn't make any sense. Like you said, why would they be a dog here? West Virginia is not very good. 62% of the bets, 64% of the money are coming in on K-State. Just like you said, this is a public play if there ever was a public play. But to me, it's very trappish. It's very much a, a it's very much a, a looks like you're walking into a bear trap right here. I think it's West Virginia or nothing. And uh, to me, I'll probably kick myself because I won't play this game, but the bet is West Virginia here. 
Yep, completely agree. All right, just to uh, get a little goofy and have a little fun here at the end, we are okay. now six days away from the presidential election, so we will not record again between now and next Tuesday. So we do have odds on the next president. Donald Trump at plus 135. Joe Biden is minus 175. So those odds look drastically different than they would have maybe a year ago at this point. Yeah, Donald Trump was a minus 150 or so a year and a half ago. So uh, there's all sorts of issues there. Of course, you know, uh, I don't know when. Um, you better check your book if you bet politics because uh, I don't know when uh, or if how these bets are finalized or when they consider to be good because if they contest the election or what have you, um, then you could have an issue. Now, you know what? I'm showing minus 220 on Biden at mine and Whoa. plus 170 on Trump. But here's what else I got. I also got Mike Pence at plus 25,000 to win the presidency. I don't know how that would happen. Uh, and I've also got Kamala Harris at plus 10,000. There's a significant difference between them. Uh, Michelle Obama, Stacey Abrams, who's uh, in Georgia, Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar all off the board now, by the way, if you wanted to bet them. Uh, yeah, that is absolutely wild. I think I'll take a pass on that. By the way, I think that maybe my favorite bet, if you're wanting to do any political betting next week, you can get, yep. uh, you can actually vet, vote on who's not vote. You can bet on which party will win the yep. popular vote in the presidential election. That. And we yep. know that just because of California, New York, if nothing else, um, I mean, Joe Biden's going to win the popular vote, right? It seems like those two states alone will put him over the top, and the Democrats are pretty big favorites. But if you can swallow minus 500 odds, I think that, I mean, you're almost a lock to get the Democrats to win the popular vote. Um, that does seem like a lot. And if you're paying attention, Oklahoma is not one of the states that's up for it. But Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, some of these battleground states that we're talking about, uh, that, that's the term that they use for them anyway. You can bet uh, Democrats or Republicans to win on in either of those states. So, for example, in Pennsylvania, which is basically a dead heat right now, uh, Democrats um, are minus 210 to win, Republicans plus 150. Uh, however, in Ohio, Republicans are minus 255 to win that state, Democrats plus 175. So you might be able to find some value in some of these states or find a state where you think the election results are going to be skewed one way or another. Uh, legally or illegally, and you might be able to cash your ticket there too. Yeah, so just have a little fun with it if you so choose. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get on there and do that. You can bet individual states. You can bet uh, what position, what office Nancy Pelosi is going to hold come uh, come January 21st, 2021. You can even bet on <laughs> the U.S. Senate race between Tommy Tuberville and Doug Jones in Alabama. How about that? Um, yeah, I'll probably stay away from that one. I'll probably stay away from Tuberville, yeah. Can, I, give, can, I, give you, can I do you one better? You can bet sure. right now on my bookie on the 2024 U.S. presidential election. 2024 election. Who's up for 2024? Kanye? There are co-favorites at three to one. Give me your... Let me guess. There are two co-favorites at three to one. At three to one, uh, I'm going to say uh, Don Jr. And Michelle Obama. And 0 for 2. Ah. 0 for 2. Joe Biden is three to one to win the 2024 okay. U.S. presidential election. He is joined at 3-1 okay. to one by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. How about that? At 3-1? to 3-1! to uh, one. That does not seem like good value on uh, AOC. That seems like way too... That seems like somebody knows something really... 
I guess he's angling already. I had no idea. The okay. highest ranking Trump on the board is Ivanka. You can get Ivanka at thirty to one. Don Jr. not <laughs> on the board. Oh my word, Ivanka. Okay, I had no idea. Well, we should do a weekly uh, five thirty-eight style podcast only uh put in vegas style betting into it what do you think uh i love it this uh got weird today it got fun i enjoyed it you traveling for pickleball this week no travel for pickleball i'll be around um i'll be around so i'll be watching plenty of football this weekend all right enjoy it i will look out for your tweets ripping coaches for punting and you look out for my tweets ripping coaches for punting yeah we are in agreement there no field goals no punts go for it Quit playing not to win. Quit, quit, quit playing not to lose. Play to win. Play to win. I don't understand it. Hashtag never kick. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to Buy the Hook.